Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. I am Jennifer Cahill. It is my honor and privilege to have been here with you for the past two years, talking with some of the most prominent thought leaders around the world on a variety of topics, all as it relates to consciousness. And today is no different. We have world-renowned medium Marianne DeMarco, who's joining us today. I'm going to read you a little bit about her bio here in a moment. And for those of you who are interested in energy medicine, you can also go to our website of om-heals.com and find some of the top energy healers around the world on om-heals.com. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce you to Marianne. She is the author of Medium Mentor and Believe, Ask, Receive. Act. An internationally recognized psychic medium, healer, and spiritual teacher. Her work has been featured in media outlets such as the New York Times, The Dr. Oz Show, Women's Health, Elle, and Red Book. After learning to meditate at the age of five, Marianne began consciously developing her connection with spirit in adulthood. Today, she offers validating and positive one-on-one sessions, powerful group readings, workshops, and individual mentorship for psychics. You can visit her online at MarianneDiMarco.com. Marianne, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, what a pleasure. So what a wonderful topic. I mean, mediumship, I find, is just getting so much more prevalent. I feel like we're all, as we're growing into this fifth dimensional consciousness that everyone's talking about, we're all unlocking our gifts of telepathy, clairsentience, clairaudience, clairvoyance. Talk to us a little bit about what that journey has been like for you since the age of five. It's always been a journey of uh, acceptance. It's been a part of my life ever since I was a little girl. And my mom is a spiritualist, grew up, uh, raised me that way. And I found myself trying to understand it more and more. The older I got, the more that yearning became stronger and stronger, but I never could quite put my finger on how to tap into it in a way that was effective for myself and for others. And I, I, I dabbled with it along the way, meditating and, you know, just sort of being like, I don't know, I have hunches. I'm pretty intuitive about things, you know, always knowing that I had this other type of ability. When I got into my thirties, I, I uh, went through a really rough time just found myself through divorce and experiencing grief and raising young children. And I wound up in the hands of a spiritual teacher. And she said to me, I thought she was a medium. And she said to me, uh, and I was speaking to her like I was a medium, you know, I was saying things like, oh, should I, you know, bring a photo of my loved one or, you know, and she said, oh no, (laughs) I'm not a medium. (laughs) She said, I'm a spiritual teacher. I teach people how to tap into their gifts. And I always say quite automatically and Really, it didn't even sound like myself. I said to her, oh, I think I'm supposed to see you now. <laughs> that, was, that was it. I sat in her class. I went for a healing with her where it was a very wonderful healing. Her name is Pat Longo, by the way, and she's fabulous. And I went for this healing. I uh, finally saw my third eye that I had been struggling to see forever and ever. I, I was like, oh, there it is. I yeah, and I I saw my loved one that had passed in uh, in full vision, 
in that third eye. And he said to me um, that now's the time, basically get ready and I'll be back. And I looked at her like, what the heck was, what was that? And she said, are you ready for the ride? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I got behind the wheel and started driving and I, I went back and forth to her class. And I, within just a couple of weeks, I was reading because I think I had never denied the ability and then it just started to flow. So that's how I came into this space. I didn't think it would, I would be doing it in the capacity that I am now, but I'm grateful and, and it's been wonderful. Mm. So powerful. It's incredible when we all tap into our divine gifts, our superhuman powers. I don't know about you, but my my goal by the time I die, Marianne, is to be uh, Dr. Strange. <laughs> you know, just, just like open a portal and it's like, oh, you're over there in New York. I'll just pop over there from this. Let's do it now because you know we can. We'll take flight. We'll meet each other in meditation somewhere on an astral plane and we'll figure it out that way. But I think it's completely possible. And I love that. It's endless. It makes it all endless, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I mean, it's been really powerful. I mean, we all have this capacity. And as we are lifting up our consciousness and humanity is opening and expanding all of our global uh, consciousness, we're all tapping into our gifts of telepathy. I love when I sit down and meditate every morning, I soul talk with friends. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna like pop over. And it's easier to communicate with people via soul phone call sometimes rather than getting them on a normal phone call. <laughs> and that's and that to me is wonderful. I mean, that's that's what I hope to hear from so many people is that, oh, I had a soul chat this morning and we hung out and it was real cool. And I was just thinking of a friend of mine. I was uh, getting ready to speak with you today. And my friend was on my mind and I had my phone in the other room charging and I thought, oh, she just texted me. So let me go over. And <laughs> there she was, you know, just on the text. It's, it becomes so instinctual when yeah. you just continue to be consistent in that practice. And when you just, uh, when you believe wholeheartedly that you have the right, the divine right to step into what your soul knows, already knows into that consciousness that you were really born into that you're just taught to forget and then, you know, everything's open when you accept it. You just open open all the possibilities up into having all kinds of experiences. I know, just incredible mystical experiences. And on that note, though, for the, I like to imagine what our audience is thinking at this moment. And they're saying, <laughs> yes, but dot, dot, dot. Jen, how do you think you actually know your soul talking? And I, I would love to talk to you a little bit about this, about mm. how I, I'll speak to my own experiences, but how do we know it's not just our ego? It's not an illusion. Mm. That's one of the most important distinctions I know I've gone through in my path and many of the people I've talked to and healers I've spoken with is that how do we differentiate what's that ego voice that's telling us, yeah, go jump off that cliff, have a third <laughs> bottle of wine. It's good for you. It's good. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> actually hearing your soul, let alone another person's soul, how do we tune into that and let go of the doubts and fears? Well, I don't know that you do let go of them. I think you, <laughs> I think you recognize them that they're a part of this human world. And then you learn to discern the difference. The more you practice trial and error, sometimes it is about trial and error, but the more you practice and understanding that your, your ego mind, your loud mind is the earthly mind. It is full of fear. It is full of doubt. It can be overly confident at times when you are working in a space of chasing that manifestation, chasing that energy feels like a chase and it's loud. That's your mind. That's our worldly ego. It's going to show up 
the doubt and fear is going to show up. Ego is she tricky, tricky, <laughs> loves to be there. And what I learned is the more that I recognized my fear, my anxiety, and my egos, the more I was able to just say, hey, I see you. And now I'm going to move into my spiritual voice to counteract what it is that you're doing, to work out of it. And most importantly, to learn the lesson of why it's showing up. When you are consistent in that thought and you answer back with your inner knowing, the inner knowing is a flow. It's calm, but urgent sometimes, but it's, it's reassuring. It is rational almost to a degree too. And it's in its thought and its process. And that's just practice and trust. The more you do that and the more consistent you are, the more you will trust it. And it really never fails. And then we go back to that intuitive, instinctual way of doing things. When you work against it, that intuitive voice, that inner knowing, it'll feel odd. You'll know it. And then I, I love to call myself out on it when I, oh my God, there you're just working in your ego. Stop it. <laughs> there you go. Look at her go. Oh, look at her go. She's just hamster wheeling. Look at her go, you know? And so now I try to just have a little bit more fun with it, but it's difficult in, in your, in your heavier and darker spaces. And I, I did a post this morning about finding forgiveness and things. And I know that stories you know, can be very hard in people's lives. When you can just focus on that pinpoint of light of your inner knowing, the hopefulness that it's there, hopefully that light just gets bigger and bigger and you're able to hear it with more ease. Hmm. So true. And I think it's important too to listen for the light in others, listen mm -hmm. for the light in others. I had a deep experience in Paris a couple of weeks ago. I was on my way to Givernay, which is Monet's Gardens. Must mm -hmm. do a quick shout out for that. It's beautiful where he painted all of those lily pads. And on the way out there, I was doing a meditation that was um, a chakra balancing meditation. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing it, I got to the third eye and then whoosh, it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I saw an original light. You know how they say that there was originally light and then we all kind of expanded outwards. Yes. Big breath, big bang, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. When that happened, I actually saw the reverse. Instead of us going outwards, I saw this original spark of light like a star or a sun with the billions of sparks of light that are all of us human beings and souls heading back to our original point of mm -hmm. that original soul and light. Mm -hmm. Through this, Marin, it was just incredible. And then a few hours later, I was walking in the streets of Paris near the Louvre, and as I saw that, every human being, all the thousands of people walking around the Louvre, transformed like that into these sparks of light. And I think that when we connect to one another, rather than the ego person, you know, our five-year-old self, our two-year-old self throwing a tantrum, and when we remember that our soul is pure, no matter what somebody might be physically doing or saying, when we connect to that divine source in all of us, that's really where we can reach a bliss state, not just momentarily, but for the rest of our lives. Oh, absolutely. First of all, what a beautiful experience. And I'm so <laughs> thrilled that you had it. How lovely. Monet, I love Monet. And I, I love the lily pads. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things of all time. When you accept that you are made from the light and that the light is not something that is so outside of us that we actually are part of that light, your shift starts to happen. And the illusion of what is going on around you transforms. And you're able to see those moments of light. What you experienced is really a, a compliment to your work that you've done on yourself and that you're able, you're welcome. And that you're able to recognize what is being shown to you, which is a beautiful gift from the universe without question. You did not once stop and think, 
this is weird. Have I been staring in the sun too long? Right. You didn't, (laughs) you were like, this is the universe reflecting on me and I'm going to go with it. And all these people, yeah. (laughs) And all these people around me are, are lifeies. That's cool. That's exactly how matter of fact we should be about it. However, with yes, the awe inspiring feelings that come along with it as well, because it really is fantastic. Yes. It keeps us grounded, doesn't it? We're allowed, we are allowed to see then this beautiful light working right here on earth. We don't have to be outside of this realm to experience it. It's lovely to take flight and it's lovely to astral fly and raise our consciousness, but we do miss something here. Don't we? If we, if we tend to live in the ethereal, the fact that we can have one foot in and one foot out and really translate what's being shown to us in this human realm through a spiritual eye is probably one of the most beautiful gifts we can give ourselves. I don't know that it'll always lend uh, understanding, but it definitely is a fabulous tool Hmm. to use, uh, even in our heaviest of moments. And that pinpoint of light, like I said, can grow and, and come through others when we can't muster it up for ourselves or other experiences. So every experience is, uh, is useful. There's nothing wasted here, which is really beautiful. It's just how our perception takes it all in, how we choose to translate it is on us. And that's an incredibly important uh, tool for our vibration, for our frequency and how we want to walk through this world. I think that we could put on light glasses. I've never even said this before, but, you know, imagine that they say rose colored glasses. What if we just put on our light colored glasses? It was funny. I was doing this on a call the other day. Like, oh. <laughs> what if we put on light colored glasses so that we're always, if we look at ourselves in the mirror, our intention and intention is so powerful is to see the light in ourselves, to see the light in our own eyes. Or if we're looking into a family member or a foe or whomever it might be to see the light and just always be looking for the light with our light glasses on. I would love that. And it is that simple. It actually is that simple. I think a lot of people make it so much harder uh, than it really is to access that light within. We all have access to it. It's just a matter of seeing what we want to see, you know, seeing what we could see and just putting those glasses on and allowing it to, to be part of our view is, is our choice. And we can do that. We can access that. I love that. And whatever authentic way you want to, you know, you can have any, whatever style glasses you want. Yeah. They could be heart glasses. They could be be whatever you want. And then, and again, it takes the pressure off. Choose your own stylistic fashion of looking, of looking through the lens, however, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, a friend of mine, um, Don Hoffman, who wrote uh, The Case Against Reality, Why Evolution Hid the Truth from Our Eyes, he and Mm. Deepak and I did a series of episodes together. And it's funny, so you might be sitting here listening to our episode and saying, Marianne and Jennifer, they're they're talking about light and light glasses. And I will tell you that what Don discovered from a scientific standpoint, we did not evolve to see reality as it is. We evolved to see reality to for fitness points. Again, that's kind of a materialist, physicalist, in some ways, perspective. And what you're seeing is not necessarily the truth anyway. So why not make up a truth that serves you and inspires and uplifts you, right? <laughs> I agree. I couldn't agree more. And how powerful that is. When you lean into that that thought, how powerful that is that you can you can really uh, form your role however you like. I always tell, say to people, what do you, how do you want to write your role? What do you want that to look like? And that you can start to think of yourself uh, in in any way that you want. You could really choose the most positive areas of yourself, and it becomes very powerful 
judgment, you free yourself of judgment, you, you sort of fade off of what anybody thinks, you're not really listening to that anymore. And you move into a space that feels so authentic, knowing that you have the ability to change the energy around you and your own storyline. And I always find that really fascinating. It, uh, people always say to me, Marion, you're not wooey, you know, you're so like matter of fact about it. <laughs> and I really am. I love a good wooey conversation though. I mean, I really do. <laughs> can't help it because it's fun. And what, what I love about that is that I can, we can have these types of conversations and they're great to explore. Um, but, and then coming back to center and just living our lives the way we do just with that knowledge lingering back there and us acting upon it in a way that feels good to us, I think it's just the, the best way to go about it. Anyone's spiritual practice, but I do love these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ways to go. And the great thing is science and spirituality are finally for the oh, yeah. being adversaries. They're right. dance and play and dazzle with each other. And and so let's talk about your book though. Let's talk about okay. media mentor and some of the tools. How do you know if you might have proclivities towards psychic mediumship? Mm-hmm. How do you begin to notice if you might have those tools? And then what do you do with that? One of the things I would say is that everybody has psychic abilities. Everybody has that intuitive abilities, psychic abilities. Everybody also can connect with their loved ones on the other side, your own loved ones, by all means, go right ahead. If you want to do that for somebody else, that's a a different type of frequency for me. Uh, Hearing information for somebody else can come through strong worded advice, (laughs) knowing that something was going to happen, feeling energy around somebody, and then maybe receiving information through one of the Claire's. Those are types of things that I always experienced throughout my life. I knew that there was a separate energy, not for me, but for somebody else that was trying to get through. I didn't really understand what that was until I was a little older. John Edward had said to my mom, she had gone to him for a psychic reading. And he said to her, "Um, you know, your daughter's psychic. She's a medium. She just doesn't know how to do it. And I thought, yes. That is what I am saying. I was probably about 17 when she told me that. And I realized that there was, a, there was something else to it other than just connecting to my loved one, myself. But my, your loved ones and your own intuitive psychic abilities are there for you anytime you want access to them. That is not something that you have to be gifted with. That is something that you already have been gifted with. You have it within you. How you choose to access that can vary. Uh, we can have dreams, we can, uh, from our loved ones, we can, uh, like I said, give really channeled advice, uh, where we just know that this is something that I need to say to this person, because I am being divinely guided. Yes, but you can also do that for yourself, channeling into your own spiritual guides, understanding what it is that they're trying to help lead you to or guide you through, learning how to ask the right questions for yourself through meditation, automatic writings, meeting who they are. And I I talk about all those techniques in the book. So getting to know yourself and knowing that you are perfectly capable of doing this is probably the best way to start. And discerning the difference, you'll start to hear if it's for other people, they'll make it perfectly clear. Mm, Beautiful. And I think in the book, you talk about how spirit mentions and, and communicates with us through the six sensory experiences. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you want, you can, you know, our clairs are very important. A lot of people think that we, we hear spirit only, or we need to be seeing them in full apparition. And that's actually not the case. When I tell people tune into all of your senses, when you want to connect with spirit, if you are highly anxious, 
in big crowds, you might be experiencing your clairsentience, goosebumps, right? The hair is standing on top of your, the back of your neck, you know, those types of feelings. You can even smell, taste energy around you. If your if loved one was passed and they were a wonderful baker, maybe you start tasting cookies or if they were a smoker, you're smelling smoke around them. It's not just hearing and spirit comes in your own voice. That was one of the things that changed my life. It's something that is, again, it's not outside of ourselves. I mean, it's hello, I am here to connect with you. It's not really like that. It's really more something that's inward, your inner ear, um, hearing that information, using the clairvoyancy like a slideshow. Maybe you'll be prompted to a memory of your loved one on the other side. And all of a sudden you're thinking about them. That's a wonderful way to make connection. I think my favorite Claire though is claircognizance, just the knowing the knowing, the knowing that there, remember when my grandmother passed, I just, not only was it clairsentience and that I felt her there and I can hear the conversation. She was sitting, I'm looking in my car, by the way, she's sitting next to me in my car. This is her, I'm in my car, right back in the memory. She's there and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, and I remember going, are you there? Like, what, what are you doing? Again, probably about 18, you know, so my, I had real interesting attitude about it, but I remember just knowing that not only was she there, but that the advice that I was giving to my mom for her was just that it was being channeled through her. And I just didn't question through me and it just, I just didn't question it. So I I always encourage people get to know your Claire's and utilize them and don't deny like how you walked through and you, your, your, uh, your clairvoyancy just saw that light. You were able to look around your clair, your knowing, your claircognizance. You just knew your space. You could feel it. Using all of the senses is a wonderful way and an important way to make connection with spirit. And they're happy to show you how to do it. It's not something we really have to search for. We just want to hone in on the skill, just like any other muscle. We want to fine tune it and sharpen it. So how long would you say then, Marianne, let's say that I'm somebody and maybe I've always had strong intuitive capacities. I'm just saying me as a hypothetical me, the viewer who I'm mm-hmm. watching out there. Uh, so let's just say I have some intuitive capabilities. And I think that, you know, maybe I've heard a loved one who's passed on. Mm-hmm. What are the next steps? I know your book is called, uh, you know, the medium, the um, medium mentor. Mm-hmm. So is the best thing to do to get the book, to take a class? How long does it even take to be able to really harness and tap into our full capacity? Or is that a lifelong journey? It's a lifelong journey. And I would, somebody said to me recently, oh, you must be a master out this. And I bellowed. I'm like, oh, far from it. I'm well-practiced. I've been consistent and I've been doing it a long time, but I don't think you ever reach, uh, you know, the height of it. I don't think you ever master this. And, and thank goodness honestly, because it gives you more to learn and more to, to look forward to. Timeframes are interesting. I, I say to trust the divine timing of how that unfolds for you. Put yourself, if you feel drawn to take a class, take a class. If a book is calling to you, you're being guided to take that book, whether it's medium mentor or another book, you know, take that book and start learning, fill your frame of reference up with things that serve you that feel like a flow spiritually, learn about different backgrounds, different religions, different schools of thoughts, culturally in your heritage, what feels good to you, let go of um, uh, past thoughts that maybe you find constricting and that maybe are holding you back, try to work through those. The, the, the most powerful thing I can say is just don't dabble when you find something 
and you want to start working on it, whether it's honing in your intuition, becoming a psychic medium, learning how to meditate better, whatever it looks like for you, stick with it. And then spirit does a really cool thing. They will show you your next step. They will gladly guide you into the next frame and what that looks like. And our job is to just say, yes, keeping, if we started reaching for it, that's our ego. That's our ego going for it, you know, because we have to accomplish something. It has to be, look a certain way when we release it over to spirit and we just say, okay, I'm ready. Show me this. You will be, you will be shown the steps quite clearly. And it's, it's actually amazing what they can do and where they can take you. Yeah, that, the idea of surrender, Marianne, you couldn't be any more on point with that. It's it's when we, our ego wants to do things, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the whole do, be, have, or do, have, be, I think. We're always trying to do things to have what we want to eventually be happy. And really, it's more about the ontology. Be trusting, be open, be receptive, and then ask, communicate whether or not you believe in it. Take that first little baby step and just say, universe, show me the steps, universe, mm-hmm creator, whatever you might want to call your version of source. And there is no right or wrong thing just because one teacher might call it Christ consciousness and another teacher might call it Gaia consciousness. It's all you. It's all whatever resonates with your vibration and it's all true for you. That's right. Our soul has its own story. It, it knows. It has what resonates. It knows what will unlock more in you. It knows what key just fits perfectly each and every time. Uh, to your point, with all different types of thought, schools of thought, things that we can learn, uh, believing in it, asking the questions, uh, my, my, and then my book, Believe, Ask, Act, and then acting on those. We must act. That's very important. That is why I wrote that book, because yes, it's one thing to manifest and believe in our higher power, but are we, the, are we an active participant? Hmm. Are we seeing the breadcrumbs and saying, oh, you want me to go to this class now? <laughs> I see now what it is that you want me to do. And not only in our spiritual lives, but our physical lives as well. Are you being led to modalities that will help you in your healing? Right. Are you being led to things that can help you emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever that looks like? Are you cultivating friendships and relationships based on that guidance as well? We can really use it in all areas. And to your point, surrendering over to them is, is really something that has been a tremendous gift to me because what I thought I was doing 13 years ago is very different <laughs> to what I'm doing now. And if I try to stay there because it was nice and comfy and they were pushing me outside of my comfort zone, and if I didn't say yes to that, I don't know that I would have learned as much as I have and met so many different people and had all these experiences and present this book in the voice that it has today, which sounds very different than my first book. There's, you could hear the difference in, in growth, I think, at least. And to me, to me, that's uh, one of the most wonderful gifts the universe can offer. Mm, So true. And if I may be so bold as to offer a prayer that was taught to me years ago that I use every single day, I say, universe, please remove anything or anyone that is not my highest and best good and give me the wisdom to know this is happening for my good. And when we really let go and we really surrender, the we don't even have to go through those challenging relationships, etc. There's always going to be opportunities for growth. Yet, if somebody is in our life and we're still going through the challenge, then we get to go, oh, wait, this is this is here for my good. What if this is a part of my greater unfoldment because this person is poking the part of myself that 
it was hurting from when I was five years old and it becomes a gift and every person and situation becomes a gift. Absolutely. The greater good of all concern, our higher self, their higher self, may they be cleared with uh, love around them. May they be cleared with good space, maybe then offer in more people of like mind, people that are in alignment. And yeah, we thank, we thank for the lessons. We're so grateful for the lessons in that moment. We also learned so much about our own accountability our boundaries, how we carry our energy, what we choose, what we chose to accept as well. And then that becomes a learning experience. And so, yeah, we go back to nothing's wasted. Mm. We get to sort of look through the beautiful lens of learning, right? And we realize, oh, there's a lot to learn here. <laughs> Let me just keep on plugging along, you know? Yes, bring it on. Bring it on, bring it on. And isn't that a relief? Because I think the misconception can be that when you are practicing these methods, I had one, uh, a few students of mine say, but I'm still afraid. And I said, of course you're afraid. Of course we're human. You forget that you're exactly we're here. And so these, these feelings, our five-year-old self, our 15-year-old self, they're going to come back and present themselves. But we have these powerful tools now, hopefully in this, at that stage to reflect and go, oh, I know why you're showing up. Thank you. And now I'm going to navigate right through and take that lesson and apply it to wherever it's being shown for me today. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I was on, I co-produced an event called the Global Coherence Pulse. And we did one a few months ago called Healing from the Inside Out. And one of the themes that we talked about was how you're like a superhero. Look at Batman. Batman is not superhuman. Batman's just a really rich guy with a suit with a lot of tools. (laughs) And he finds himself falling off a proverbial building. Imagine you're going through a divorce, a hardship, a loss. That's right. All he does is he pulls a tool out. He's got that fancy little hook thing that he puts on and then he, you know, he gets climbing. Exactly. I love that analogy. That's like psychic training. So that's like, that's what I tell people is that put tools in the damn tool belt. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be superhuman to do that. You don't. Be a normal person and have tools of meditation, prayer, reflection, affirmation. Mm-hmm. There are so many thousands of tools, if not millions of tools out there, and you get to pick whatever resonates with you. And so maybe, maybe it is the media mentor. Maybe it's past life regression. There are so many choices and reflect and just ask the right tools be gifted to you for your best resonance. And so Marianne, I'd love to leave everybody with, are there any takeaways or anything you'd love to leave everyone with, or maybe something I didn't get to ask you today? I think that the only thing I would say is remember that you can make this as simple as you like, Mm. and that stick with things that feel cathartic at first. If you don't know where you're at in this spiritual conversation and you're thinking, I can't meditate. I don't know how to do these things. Uh, You know, I find that a lot with students that they're, they sort of don't know their place, so to speak. Don't let's not play comparison games because it really just brings up our ego. You can start as simply as picking a song that raises your vibration that you sing along to taking a walk, uh, being immersed with nature, do something, lighting a candle, it's okay to start at square one and allow spirit to take you there. So start with the worldly experience and then move forward. But what I would love to leave with your listeners today is that remember that you have the divine right to tap in in any way, shape, or form that you like, and that you are never alone, that your guides and your loved ones are here to show you that journey. And they're excited to be part of it. 
They just want you to join them. So please do give yourself permission and know that you have the power within you to make that connection every single day and really change your life. Well, with that, we've had Marianne DeMarco here with us, author of several great books, including her most recent book, The Medium Mentor. Please do check it out. It's on Amazon and many other places books can be found, right, Marianne? Yep, it sure is. Well, I am Jennifer Cahill. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. If you want to learn more, too, about a variety of different forms of energy healing, ranging from Akashic Records, Reiki, body talk, emotion code, you can go to om-heals.com and connect with one of our practitioners from around the world or find out who you match with, answer our proprietary matchmaking algorithm questions and get sent three matches for free and choose if there's a match you resonate with. May you start your journey towards energy healing from the inside out. So much love to everybody and wishing you a blessed rest of your week. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics dot com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.